planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. How are you uh, going this morning, Jordan? I'm doing well, thank you. It's my afternoon. It's about 4 p.m. here. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's uh, 6 a.m. here. Oh, a nice bright morning. Have you had your coffee yet? (laughs) No. (laughs) But I've been up for an hour with the kids. So uh, in saying that, what I was going to say is uh, if you hear uh, some screaming in the background or uh, the wiggles, (laughs) it's just those guys. Okay, I will uh, just consider it background amusement. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for joining us on the uh, Ever Black podcast, mate. So, uh, how's things going in uh, prep for the tour? Uh, very well. I'm really excited to uh, take this journey. You know, it's a three continent tour. Uh, one of which is your neck of the woods, and I haven't been there in a little while, so I always enjoy coming uh, out your way um and so yeah i'm really looking forward to getting there well we can't wait to see it because it is for the back to rock tour and uh i think it's going to be something special for not only serious musos but for anyone that wants to be taken on a musical journey i mean when it comes to planning your solo shows where do you usually begin because i I assume you'll be covering a hell of a lot of stuff I will. Yeah, this whole show was um, put together with the idea of of, um, not only being musical, but also being entertaining and offering something that would kind of allow people to really engage and be, you know, become part of the journey. It's a show that takes people on kind of like my musical life's adventure or journey, starting with when I was very little and went to Juilliard, the music school in New York City, and the whole pathway leading me into my discovery of progressive rock and, you know, joining Liquid Tension Experiment and Dream Theater and all the solo stuff that I've done. And it's done um, primarily at, a, at, you know, solo piano. And solo piano for me is is a great way to do it because it's like coming home for me. It's the instrument where everything got started uh, I feel so comfortable at the piano. So it's a, it's a kind of a mechanism for me to not only play music, but also to use it as a way to tell this story that I think is, um, you know, is, is pretty unique and, um, you know, managed to get me down the road to where I am today. So it's been really fun. I've taken it to Europe and I've played it. I've done the show a bit in the United States, and now coming there is going to be awesome, especially because you guys speak English there, so it's not going to be any kind of a language barrier, <laughs> I don't think. Um, but uh, so, yeah, it should be great. And, and what's also exciting is, um, you know, coming to Australia and New Zealand, but like coming to some place, some towns that, you know, Dream Theater doesn't usually get to. So it's going to be fun to meet, uh, meet and greet the fans uh, in all those places, kind of have a chance to, you know, be a little bit more intimate with, uh, with the people who are into, you know, w- what I do, what we do. So it'd be cool. Absolutely. I mean, your fan base is next level. They're very passionate, to say the least. Yes, they really are. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, there's not enough keyboard players 
in the world compared to you know the millions of guitarists out there. I mean, right. what right. what was it that drew you to that instrument to begin with? Where you know everyone's like, yeah, I want to be a drummer or I want to be a singer. Or... Right. Well, um, it happened when I was in second grade, and there was a uh, piano in my second grade classroom, and I was really drawn to it, and I was playing it uh, just by ear. And so um, when my second grade teacher called up my mother and said, hey, your child is playing the piano very nicely in the classroom, she was like, well, what are you talking about? We don't have a piano. And, she, and the teacher was like, well, you should get one because he has talent. So uh, and that I immediately took to it. I just loved it. You know, I learned at first, even though they wanted to teach me the traditional notes on the page, I learned more by ear. And my first teacher threw away the book and was excited about teaching me chords and, you know, how to improvise. And, and, you know, even though I went a very strict classical path, I also always improvised kind of on my own and enjoyed that until it finally became a big part of what I do when I left the classical studies. And that's really what, you know, it's a big part of what this Bach to Rock musician's journey talks about. In regards to that, I mean, what drew you to uh, rock and metal? I mean, what there must you must have had a gateway. Um, well, yeah, totally. The gateway was really progressive rock. People started to turn me on to all kinds of amazing music like Genesis and Pink Floyd and Yes and all this kind of stuff. And I really, really loved it. And that's when I was kind of, uh, you know, in my teenage years. And what, what totally like blew the doors wide open is hearing Emerson, Lake and Palmer's Tarkas album, which I listened to over and over again because I didn't, it was new to me that the keyboard could have so much power through this kind of like electronic kind of energy and rock, you know, sound. And that, that kind of led me off of the classical path eventually to where I started to get into, uh, you know, playing synthesizers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and one day, you know, somebody came to my house and played me a little bit of dream theater when they were telling me that they were looking for somebody. And I thought, wow, that sounds really cool. Like, I love the mixture of like the, you know, the prog elements mm. and also virtuosity and also the metal as well. So although I wasn't a huge heavy metal fan, I appreciated some heavier stuff. I was, you know, I played a little bit of guitar and I was into like ACDC and Black Sabbath and some Judas Priest. And I, I dug all that. Uh, not as much maybe as some of the other guys in Dream Theater did, like with their Iron Maiden and Metallica influence. But, you know, I can't say that I was totally like you know, out of that kind of headspace, I did, I did, you know, like that kind of music of what I knew of it. I was just more kind of like influenced by the progressive rock and like the classical. That's, that's unreal. And of course you probably jammed along with a lot of those records, you know, back in the day, what would you say has been the hardest, you know, to master, even at your level, what would you say has been the hardest song to sort of play? Well, I did a cover version of that song Tarkus, which was my biggest influence. And that's a, big piece of music i mean there's a lot of parts a lot of stuff a lot of sounds and it's hard to play you know uh, what's interesting is that you know in dream theater we also have you know parts that are uh, i guess obvious to some people very challenging and one thing that i'm going to be doing in the bach rock concert is taking one of our most progressive songs which is this song dance of eternity and turning it into a solo piano piece which is which is really really fun because it is tech Technical and it is, you know, quote unquote hard, but it's a great performance piece in the piano, so people can expect to come and hear that. That's that's super exciting. I can't wait to see that. And of course, uh, you know, you're pretty in demand outside of Dream Theater as well, and you work with so many people, and you probably get emails just flooding your inbox all the time, like, "Hey, do you want to play in some songs?" Um, how do you choose projects outside of Dream Theater? Um, yeah, I do get a lot of those kind of things. Um, 
how do I choose? Well, it's a question of time. Uh, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll just choose to make time for people who I'm, you know, maybe have a personal connection with mm. because there is very limited time. And so, uh, you know, I just got an email from a guy who I respect a lot and really like, you know, musically and really like a lot that I can't really announce yet. This is not public knowledge, but I just went in and played a track for his album today. So it was just because, you know, <laughs> really think the guy's cool and wanted to do it. And then I get other stuff. I get a lot of a lot of uh, requests from bands that look, just look up to Dream Theater that are maybe not as qualified or, mm. you know, Dream Theater, which might be a little bit less interesting to me. That you know, I, I understand it because people want to use somebody on their album to help their album sell. And so if they're in the style of Dream Theater, they say, oh, maybe, you know, like John Petrucci will play on it or Jordan Riddles will play on it. And very often that's the kind of thing that unfortunately there's not a whole lot of time to get into because, you know, we all have full plates and we're all just trying to go through our lives and do kind of hit things that are on our own list, you know. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. You could give me a hint on who that person was you jammed with today? It's in the progressive uh, <laughs> progressive domain, let's say that. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. I'll leave it at that one then. Um, so, I yeah. mean, of course, you also did a guest spot on David Bowie's Heathen album. I mean, Bowie was a massive hero of mine uh, and, oh. and influence. How, how was it working with him? Um, it was trippy. I mean, I was, I was not a huge David Bowie fan, but that said, I mean, who doesn't know David Bowie? I mean, That's he's right. in the house household name. So when I got the call to do that gig, I was very excited. Um, and I went for, I think it was like 10 or 12 days up to this amazing studio at the top of a mountain in the Catskill Mountains in New York and hung out with David and his producer, Tony Visconti, and some of the musicians that he had coming up. Um, and it was, a, it was a really fun experience playing on that album. I got to do some things that I don't usually do. Like I played a Hammond organ track. I think I heard, I don't know if I ever even played a, a Hammond track on an album before that, you know, because I mostly was a pianist turned synthesist. But uh, I was convinced to do a Hammond track and I did a Fender Rhodes track and, you know, some really kind of different types of things um, for it. There's one song called Slip Away, which was my favorite off that album, which I played a piano track which I ended up playing on the grand piano, but they had moved the, the upright piano close to the grand piano, put the mics up to the strings of the upright and taped down the sustain pedal on it. So when I played on the grand, it would resonate in the upright. And that's the sound that's on the album. It's pretty cool. That is, that is cool. And how, how was Bowie? How'd you find him? He, uh, I found him to be really an interesting, very verbal guy. Like he would, he would, be able to really express, you know, to me what he was looking for in each track. And sometimes it, it went with a story. Like I remember I was doing one track, it was like a piano part and he wanted me to be thinking that I was like in the back of an old dusty club and, you know, it was really kind of dusty and smoky and dark and, you know, and so he, he prepared me with his, uh, you know, cool stories, which was fun. So, uh, I, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed, uh, kind of, checking out his world and being part of that for a little while. Oh, mate, it's everyone's dream, I guess. That's, there's, a that's... Great, there's, there's a great picture of me with Bowie. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Have you ever check it out? I've check never it out. seen it, no, but I'm going to be definitely looking for it. Actually, Stephen Wilson is another one you've worked with, and uh, he's going to be here just before you. I'm pretty sure you're going to be high-fiving, uh, taking in and out at the airport. How, I mean, you've worked, you've worked with him uh, before. How was that? 
Yes. Well, Stephen and I are pretty close. We were very good friends and have done a lot of things together over the years. Um, and it's always awesome to work with him. I have a lot of respect for him as a musician. Some of his music is some of my very favorite stuff. His taste is, you know, always resonates with me. So, you know, just happy to have him on my stuff and happy to always play on his stuff. And, you know, we've even gone out and done some you know, when I, I opened up for um, solo piano for Blackfield, or I played with Blackfield, actually, mm. the first American tour we played together, and that was really fun. Um, but then Stephen and I have also done, if you go on YouTube, there's some things that we've done just with piano and guitar and his voice. Um, so, yeah, so we always really good. And I'm so happy for him because he seems to be doing very well. And I know he's going to be hitting Australia kind of like right before me, which is cool. So, yeah, kind of tag-teaming. Yeah, just high five. I said uh, high five at the airport. Hey, mate. Hey, mate. Long flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You're also uh, pretty tech savvy. And, uh, you know, you helped develop a few apps uh, with your company, um, Wisdom Music. Is that right? That's right. Wisdom Music with a Z. You know, what do you see uh, being the next uh, technological step in music? You know, you've, we're here at apps and uh, it's come so far. What, what do you think's next? Well, you know, my journey with with music technology is all about using the technology to become more expressive. So, um, and that involves kind of like um, allowing the physical body to be involved with the instrument. So, a lot of, where a lot of people talk about, you know, virtual reality and AR and AI and all these buzzwords, and it's all great stuff, and it all needs to be explored. But what I'm looking for is a way to interact and to feel like what we're doing is, you know, with our touch, with our brains is all connected and related and feels really right. So kind of taking maybe what started, let's say you look at a violin and, you know, the bow is on the string and you're feeling the vibration and you're doing vibrato and all the things, all the ways that you interact, that's what I'm looking for in in an instrument so that your hand goes down on an instrument and then you actually can feel like, even if it's totally like an electronic, but you can feel like everything you're doing is so connected with your with your physicality as well as your kind of more spiritual side. So, you know, it's just something to think about. I mean, if it's going to be in VR, then you need to, then for me, I mean, obviously that's a big thing that everybody's working on. But for me to be a true instrument, you need to connect, you know, the, the, the person with it. It's not just, you know, you're waving your hands in the air or something like that there's got to be a way to really interact that makes you know emotional musical sense so that's that's my that's my journey and i guess with uh other people as well i, I you know you don't want to go too far down that virtual reality thing where you're by yourself I yeah it's cool if you want to jam by yourself but you know right there's a a lot of work being done to make it social, but uh, but for now, my uh, I'm very involved with the team that I met out of Stanford University out in California, the what's called the Karma Division, CCRMA, and uh, my one of my partners is is a guy named Julius Orion Smith, and he is uh, very much responsible for um, being part of the uh, team that created physical modeling. Physical modeling is a kind of sound technology that's at the core of my latest musical instrument for iPad, which is called GeoShred. And GeoShred has become um, a pretty widespread instrument. And interestingly enough, it's one of the biggest markets is over in India. 
where, you know, the Indian music culture is so deep and they're so into like sliding pitch and controlling pitch in a very specific way, especially in the Carnatic kind of music. And so they, they've discovered GeoShred and all the amazingly cool things you can do. So it's really interesting to, uh, you know, to see what they're doing with it. It's the second biggest market is India, actually, for the instrument in the whole world. That's unreal, man. Congratulations on that. Oh, thanks. And actually, I'll be sh- in my concerts in Australia are, you know, 95% on solo piano, but I do stop in the middle and I take out GeoShred and I do some wailing and some cool sounds. So uh, that's kind of a fun bit as well. I can't wait to see that. That's going to be so cool. cool. Awesome. And cool. Uh, what's uh, the status of Dream Theater at the, mo- Dream Theater at the moment? Um, we're doing well. You know, we, we just finished uh, work working on and recording our new album. We were in the studio all together for a while. We wrote the music. We recorded it. We're mixing it now, mastering it, uh, working with the record company and kind of establishing how everything is going to be released and getting things together. Very soon there'll be a, you know, a big PR announcement, you know, with all the information about the album, how it was recorded, what's going on, and, you know, we'll release a track. I'm not quite sure when that'll happen, but super excited. It was a real band effort everybody in the band is totally energized behind it it's uh it's a great way to come back after um you know after what after our last tour and our last album which i thought was you know very satisfying but it was a little bit polarizing for some fans because it was a departure from the usual mm. which i think personally it's cool because you know you have a long career you're allowed to try different things but uh, i think this is kind of a cool like return return to like really solid strong you know, form, if you will. Um, and I'm excited for people to hear what we've done and, and, you know, come out to the shows and everything. That's going to be unreal, man. But uh, in the meantime, let's hang out in Brisbane and uh, everywhere else in Australia. It's going to be such a cool tour to see you down here. It kicks off on Wednesday, November 21st at the Triffid, one of my favorite venues. Tickets are on sale now. Can't wait to see you, bro. Awesome, and I'm really looking forward to it as well. It's going to be a great chance to uh, interact with my fans, Dream Theater fans, in kind of an intimate setting, which I don't get to do, you know, normally at all. Because when Dream Theater comes to town, it's, you know, it's big crowds, and it's hard to hard to engage with people, uh, you know, in the way that, that I'll be able to do um, in my trip, you know, my my upcoming. Uh, tour of Australia that'll be awesome especially like you know the meet and greets and stuff where I'll be able to to really just chat with people and kind of do a little bit of a sound check for them and answer questions and all the all the stuff that I enjoy doing that I don't usually get to do so it'll be a nice opportunity to uh, engage with with the fans unreal and we can't wait mate thank you so much for taking the time to chat and hang out on this show and uh, we'll see you in Brisbane up here mate very very cool and thank you so much and check out that picture i sent you of me and mr bowie oh i can't wait can't wait (laughs) thanks mate we'll meet you soon okay planning on traveling this summer make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from harris teeter it's easy download your evic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your vic card you'll get two fuel points that's up to one dollar per gallon on quality fuel at participating bp and harris teeter fuel centers download your evic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with evic and harris teeter fuel points